You're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. The last time I checked, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was still crushing it at the box office. Someone asked me recently to guess the summer's highest grocer, and that was my instinct. Marvel and Disney just pretty much have this figured out. They've tapped into their fan base and found significant crossover appeal, and nothing appears to be stopping them. For my money, though, the single best part of the new film was my guest today, and I swear I'm not just saying it because he's sitting here. Uh, as Yondu, a sort of surrogate father to the franchise's hero Star-Lord, he added a considerable emotional context to the new film. And we're very happy he's able to join us today. Michael Rooker, thanks for coming on the show. Good to be here. Let's start there with Guardians. And we're two weeks into release now, so I'm going to talk freely about spoilers. So you've been warned at home, if you don't want to hear this, then skip ahead like ten minutes or something. But you get to die in the movie. And heroes... Joyous. <laughs> I'm so happy. Heroes don't get to die in these superhero <laughs> movies in like any meaningful way, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it, it was yeah. a very meaningful uh, element to the movie. And I just... When you read the script and you saw your fate the fate for your character what, what did you think what was your immediate reaction well I had read the, I had read the script before I think before uh, Yandu died so it developed well no no maybe place? no 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 Gunn told me Gunn gave me a heads up he gave me a heads up yeah what yeah. did you think just knowing that that would be the fate of your character and you know I didn't, you really, I didn't really of... think about it no? I didn't think about it that much I, I had uh, a lot more to uh, concern myself with mm-hmm. and um uh, uh, I, I, obviously, uh, he he uh, he went out a badass. <laughs> yeah, and in a simple way of putting it, um, but he went out he went out the way any any father would go out. Yeah, you know, and not many real parents that I know would allow their child to be killed. You know, yeah, so, without jumping in front of the semi first. Yeah. That stuff worked for me. I mean, I've I got a one year old now, so you know, all the all the father stuff in movies really hits me in different mm. ways when I see them and you know, even in a movie like this. And a one year old, look at you. Hey, you still sleep. So, so far so How good. How much sleep have you gotten in? I'm doing all right. My wife you <laughs> Your know, wife she, is like <laughs> What? She she's the one that's up sleep? at five o'clock What's in the morning. That? <laughs> but you know, between Guardians and The Walking yeah. Dead, you've sort of been exposed to this whole new fan set really a whole new group of fans who are able to be familiar with your work what has that been like for you, and you by, know, by it, which it, i mean like obviously just like the the geek properties and things like that like what's that been like for you well i i had been there before but it was at a time when um uh, there was really no internet to speak of you know mm-hmm. um it was all word of mouth and it was all uh, you know whatever ads the movies put out and stuff like that so i'd done some pretty Pretty substantially large, uh, uh, sure. money-making movies in the past, and and I was popular to a certain degree. But you know what changed all that was The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, The Walking Dead. You're in you're in people's living rooms every week, and whether they like you or not, you're there. It's like having uh, this really. This uncle that keeps visiting, and you're like, "Oh God, he's back again," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I become part of the family, you know. Even though Merle Dixon, the character, was n- was not necessarily not, not necessarily the, the the family member that you'd like to hang out with, you know. If if shit was going down, though, 
You want him there. He'd be the guy that'd be the first in line to take care of you and make sure you're okay. Yeah. I had this neighbor who was like a survivalist. He like made guns <clears throat> in his garage. And he, uh, he kind of freaked me out. But I always thought, you know, like if a solar flare hits, I want this guy next door. <laughs> you know what I mean? A solar flare? You know, a solar flare could hit and just take out. I'm on a tangent now, but you got me going. No, but it could take out your radio, take out radio, take out banking. Systems. Suddenly, people can't pull out money. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's yeah, a lot of stuff. So you was, should always keep some cash on hand. He was kind of kooky, but I was happy he was next door. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of coming into people's homes every week, TV. You've right. done a lot of TV throughout your career, and I, so what's your perspective on how that business has changed? Because it's such a dominant form now. It's great. It's a great business now. I mean, the writing has improved tremendously. I mean, they um, you get better things on on TV and cable than you see in the film of mm-hmm. the world. You know, it and and they're they're killing it, man. I mean, look at some of these HBO, uh, HBO, and and Showtime and Fox and all all these all these folks are looking for content and they're and they're putting it out and it's looking pretty good too. Yeah. Now, be honest. Did you keep watching Walking Dead after you Honestly, departed yeah, the show? Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm caught up with everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching my friends and my buddies are on there. So uh, Norman's there and and Rick and all the all these. I call him by his character name, <laughs> Andy, rather. <laughs> so I'm like everybody else, <laughs> you know. What'd you think about Daryl and and Rick and <laughs> Michonne? <laughs> I don't. I don't think of them as, as actors, or they're yeah, they're 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 awesome, yeah. and I and I watch it, and I'm and I see them. Actually, I see them more now than I than I I did when when we were doing the show together. You know, when yeah. you're doing the show together, you're working your ass off. You know, you go home and you go to sleep. You get up the next day, you and you work again. Mm-hmm. You don't really hang out that much. Um, but uh, when you go do an event, uh, a comic con, or some sort of uh, big Q and A thing that. Uh, 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 the uh, the studio sets up or something like that. You, I get to see him uh, often. How do you like that convention world? That's something I was getting at too with that yeah. whole you know new subset of fandom and everything. It's awesome. But- I, I I I love meeting the fans. I enjoy uh, uh, the whole the whole aspect of uh, uh, them coming out and 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 greeting you and meeting you and and uh, well. I've been having a fun time doing that. Yeah. yeah. Do you watch any other TV? Are you able to? I um, I have. Yeah, I have. I've seen some more some TV. favorite shows. Yeah, not not. I don't have a lot of favorite shows. No. Just whatever whatever's there at the time. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, you've done a lot of it over your career, and something that you a couple of things you did early on uh, has it's always caught my eye. It was the pilot for Crime Story, and L.A. Takedown. And, wow. you know, the connective okay. tissue there. Maybe you okay. know where I'm going with this. Michael Mann is – I'm a huge fan of Michael Mann. Yeah. And uh, L.A. Takedown, listeners might know better by its remake, Heat, in 95. Uh, is Do you guys, like, keep in touch at all? That was a long time ago. But that was a long time ago. I haven't I haven't uh, touched base with any uh, – maybe a few of the actors we, we come across paths every now and then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I did uh, Heat when it was a, a pilot. Yeah. For um, I'm not even sure who it was for. Was it ABC? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But um, it was the same script. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just as uh, violent. 
you know, same, all, literally the same script. I read the L.A. Takedown, and um, I was like, oh, it's the same script. But they, they, they never never called me in for the, for the role. I'd well, they kind of recast everybody, right? Yeah, they I mean, recast the whole thing. Uh, and I ask about man just because I'd love to see you guys work together again. Oh, I, mean, he, I don't know if that's a, something that's talk about somebody possible, that, but that, that works. <laughs> yes, that dude will work twenty four seven, and he's very exacting. Yeah, yeah. and he he doesn't stop until it's until it's done. Until yeah, it's finished. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, where am I at here? Oh, okay. I, like I said, I wanted to venture out, talk about a few other things. Sure. Um, I had Kevin Costner on last year. And we were talking about JFK, which oh, was right celebrating on. its 20th, 25th anniversary at the time. Can you believe that? 25 years? 26 years now? I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> I have older ones. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Tell me about that. Like, what do you recall of working with Oliver Stone, working with that massive ensemble? That, that was the, the deal. I mean, it was a massive ensemble. Mm-hmm. You know, John Candy and J- uh, Jack Lemmon and, mm-hmm. and just tons and tons of really amazing actors uh, uh, our um, district attorney's office had just just eight or nine great you know great actors and, and we all had a good time together um, and Oliver of course is was great I mean he is he, he wouldn't he wouldn't be on the set he'd be uh, in another room mm-hmm. with the monitors and stuff like that checking out the different uh, framing and, and and stuff like that. And we'd hear him over a loudspeaker. <laughs> you know, Rooker, what are you doing? <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> you know, and he loved mistakes. Oh yeah. So whenever there was a mistake or something something happened on set that that was unusual or, or wasn't scripted, he he absolutely ravished. It. He loved it. And uh, what he didn't like was. Actors stopping in the middle of a mistake. Oh shoot! You know, no, 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 no. Stay in character. Keep going. Yeah, that's what he dug. Yeah, I love that cast because, like, it's massive, but it's also got all of these like interesting theater actors in there too. It wasn't just yeah. stars, and you know, there was what's the actor from Tennessee? I think that was on the part of the team. I forgot his name, but just a whole slew of interesting theater actors and whatnot. So, one of my favorite movies. Do you go back and watch your movies? Not too often. Uh, I've I've seen like um, you know if somebody in the house wants to see it in one of the older movies, I'll I'll sit down and watch it with them. Mm-hmm. But I I don't usually. Uh, Days of Thunder, I would go back and watch again. Yeah, it's one of my dad's favorite. Yeah. I grew up in North Carolina. He's a huge NASCAR fan, so yeah, I, I totally I totally go back and, and watch <laughs> that again. Uh. Well, listen, since you mentioned it, talk about Days of Thunder. I mean, that's that was Bruckheimer's kind of when he was launching into his huge. Well, I guess he had already done Top Gun and stuff like that, but these massive blockbuster movies that came to define the '90s. You know, yeah, stuff like and The his Rock. Partner and was Don Simpson. Don Simpson, yeah. And, and they were both great. And they worked very well together. They were just completely opposites. Seemed yeah. like to me, anyway. Uh, and Tony Scott. Well, of course, yeah. Tony, Tony directed. So. What was he like? Yeah, he's great, man. You know, he's great. Uh, I didn't get get a chance to hang out with his brother too often, but they were they're pretty close. They had this. They have their own. They had their own company, mm-hmm. and so they did commercials and all that kind of stuff together. So yeah, but uh, um, and they, of course they have their own careers. They had their own careers, and you know when Tony passed, it was sort of oh no, mm-hmm. oh that. 
that kind of sucked. It yeah. was a big, big deal. Yeah, his his voice was a, a big part of that whole swing of movies throughout the 90s, Crimson Tide and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and it's oh, kind yeah. of – it's a breed of blockbuster filmmaking that I feel like we don't really see anymore. And I don't know how to put a fine point on it, but like – you know, movies like Guardians and stuff like that, it's just a whole new era. You know, these IPs have taken over and whatnot. But Well, not only that. I mean, I, I think back then, you, you didn't even think of the whole aspect of doing another, you know. It wasn't a franchise. Yeah. It wasn't considered going to be a franchise. It, you, you know, you did one, and that was it. You moved mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And you may do another movie that's similar, okay, like Days of Thunder and the one that Tom did with the jet planes and stuff yeah. like that. You know? Yeah. It's similar... You know, uh, but, a, lot of, a lot of testosterone, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't think of uh, Days of Thunder two, yeah, or three, or something like that. I mean, if that film that film had been done today, I mean, of course we'd have we'd already be done with four right now. Yeah, know, so like the Fast and the Furious movies, yeah, they just keep going. Yeah. Has has anyone actually brought that up? Let's do another Days of Thunder. Anybody? I mean, that's not that I know. It's such a unique movie because Robert Town, you know, worked on the script, and and it was something he and Tom Cruise developed. And you don't, like I say, that business has just shifted now, and it's all about laying out a series of movies, as you say. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Even when the movie shouldn't be, yeah, laid out in the series. Movies. <laughs> Why would you want to do that again? I don't know, but some movies are like that, you know. But they still do more, mm-hmm. you know. They, they, and I think it, it it ties into our our need for. Uh, uh, we almost become children again. Yeah, you know how kids are. You got a one year old, but yeah. you're going to notice it when they become three, four, five. You're going to get the the term that is a uh, uh, again. <laughs> again, again, like, like do daddy, it again, yeah. daddy, again. <laughs> we are we are like that now with our movies. We want to see it again mm-hmm. and again and again, and it's just a little bit different. And I think it's a, a it's a way that makes us feel kind of comfortable. Mm-hmm. We're seeing something that we're familiar with, yet it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So it's challenging and a little bit and a little little bit challenging, but. Not too much. Uh, so when something comes out that challenges you, it's it either it either turns you off or or it completely blows your mind. Like uh, like guns, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. just blew people away. And and because it it was different, it was real different than uh, most of the uh, superhero stuff. And it's fascinating too because it's not overly dependent on <coughs> being a part of the Marvel universe. You know, it's clearly its own standalone franchise. It doesn't have to have Iron Man show up mm-hmm. in order to pull people in. And now, you know, the sequel's doing so well, and people are going to want to want it again, as you say, again. And they and that that's what that's what's <laughs> going on. Some uh, we've we've tapped into um, you know something that's uh, very. Uh, it's it's part of our uh, it's consciousness. Con- yeah. our, our this little little thing in the back of our mind is like it's like a drug. Yeah, <laughs> a it, little it, bit. It makes us feel good. Yeah, and it makes us you know it, you know you know the the biscuits and gravy is not really good for you, but right, boy, it tastes so good. Right. I want it again and again and again. Escapism, I think, is <laughs> part of that as well. What and that's you- what it should. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And so it's fun to to get into the theater and 
turn on all the lights and and forget about everything. You know, right now it's always fun to do that. What kind of conversations did you guys happen to have about like for Guardians Two, like making sure you weren't treading water, that you were still doing something a little different, even if you were giving fans what they still wanted? Was there much discussion about that? I mean, certainly that would have happened at the script stage, <coughs> but in just your character and things like that, like what did you guys talk about? Well, you know, you notice the two movies, and they're they're similar, mm-hmm. yet different, mm-hmm. and you have similar scenes, yet different, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's he's he gets it. Mm-hmm. You you have me and Star Lord facing off with each other arguing with each other face to face so you and and the the shot is of our profiles mm-hmm. you know cut guardians volume 2 now you have rocket and yandu facing off <laughs> head face to face and you the shot is profile shot as well mm-hmm. so it's the same except now I'm the, on the left side and Rocket's on the right side. In the first movie, I don't know if he <laughs> thought of this, but I see it. In the first movie, Star-Lord was on the left side and I was on the right. So we we flipped it and it's literally the same. I mean, our faces are, we're, well, my, you know, I'm, I'm screaming at him. He's screaming at me in Guardians, right? right. The first one. And, and now Rock, I'm screaming at Rocket and he's screaming at me. Except we flipped, we flipped so you're, it. It's, you're picking it's, up on minutia like that. It's as the you're same. Checking well, it out. Well, check out the, yeah. the, the also the scene with me and um, me and uh, Stallone. Mm-hmm. Go back twenty five years, thirty years. I did not make a connection. St- Stallone and I were at each other's throats. <laughs> right. All right. Now check out this new scene. We're at each other's throats. It's very reminiscent. Of our scene we did uh, for Cliffhanger, right? You know, and Gunn does that. He likes to bring these. He likes to revisit this stuff, mm-hmm. and or, which I think, you know, unl- if you've seen the other movies or if you you've seen it, you you may not get it at first, mm-hmm. but after you've seen the movie two or three times, you're going like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's exactly. It's very not exactly the same, but mm-hmm. it's it's similar and it's um, reminiscent of of uh, uh, other things, you know that uh, that I've done in the past, and and you know. So we he he does that a lot. And well, I think it, it's kind of cool that he does. How did you like working with Stallone again? Do you guys have you kept again? You friends at all? Again, again. yeah. <laughs> are you guys friends at all? Yeah, we are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're pals, and and yeah, he's really cool. He's great to work with, and I had a great time working with him this time around, uh, as I did the last time around as well. What was the cliffhanger set like? I, I I did an interview with I think Dennis Leary. Maybe we were talking about Demolition Man hmm. in those early '90s Stallone movies. It was just the height of like stardom and like am- yeah. amenities on the set and stuff like that and you know I think he said he had like a, a per- personal driving range that he carried around with him the, the, you know just all they these could, you know the, the the guys prop guys can set up anything for you yeah you know they could set up a whole swimming pool a little <laughs> uh, I one I, I was going to have a little uh, waiting pool with uh, <laughs> with uh, some umbrellas and stuff set up outside my my uh 
of my uh, trailer for Days of Thunder. Why not? So I could just go relax and put chill your, out put in your my feet in the pool. waiting pool. <laughs> but tell me about that set. Like I said, that's one of those huge movies from the early 90s. And yeah. Rennie Harlan was, uh, I don't know what he was coming off of, maybe Die Hard 2 or something. But uh, Yeah, it was a big movie. Yeah. yeah, it's a big movie. I've done a bunch of big ones, and it's kind of cool. Uh, and, and, you know... Um, do you feel like you get lost in them at all? Or is no, it... I, I never get lost. No? No, I'm, I'm absolutely unlosable. <laughs> if I'm on set, you know I'm on set. If I'm in a scene, you know I'm in a scene, whether I'm doing nothing, saying nothing, or just uh, or blabbering my face off. You know I'm there. And uh, sometimes my favorite parts of these scenes, and when you know I'm there, is when I'm not saying anything at all. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just maybe in the corner just staring mm-hmm. and you know and uh, whatever I mean a, a JFK is a good example mm-hmm. um, there was a scene that I wasn't in and and I said uh, it was a J.O. Sanders scene it's his scene obviously it's his scene <laughs> okay and I'm and I and I said Oliver I, th- I think I should be in this scene <laughs> and he goes which scene well you know the one Jay's scene I, I should be in his scene he said I should be you be in his scene. It's his. I mean, that, th- why? I said, if only to piss him off. <laughs> I should be in this scene. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> I just want to be there and I want to watch him. <laughs> you pull stuff like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's very important. Sometimes it, it by me being in that scene mm-hmm. and not saying anything, just leaning against the wall. Mm-hmm. It was it was great. You know, Jay was like. I didn't know he was in this scene. Of course, he was like thinking this. He didn't say it to me. <laughs> he was just sort of like, "Wait a minute!" Go back and watch that. You know, study his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when he when he's like uh, uh, interviewing. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, who is he interviewing? I forgot. Man, it's it's been a long time. But I remember, <laughs> I remember not really being written into that scene. And then all of a sudden, now Oliver's thought Oliver thought about it overnight, and, he, and all of a sudden the next day, I saw the rewrites, and I'm in the scene, and I'm like, <laughs> shit, yes. <laughs> That's great. I'm also, and, I, and it wasn't not, it wasn't because I wanted to have another scene in the mm-hmm. movie. It's just because I wanted to pester Jay. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so much fun. So hey, much man, fun. you got to get your kicks. I, you know what? I'm like that. I'm a kind of, you know, not all the time, but if there's a little chink in the armor, <laughs> I like to dig a little bit. It's, it's sort of kind of kind of who I am a little bit. Uh, this is turning into just me asking you what was this like, what was that like, but I, I'm also a huge Westerns. You want serious questions, okay. No, no, this is me. Right. This is me. I, I'm also a huge Westerns fan, and, oh, and yeah, you were in dude. Tombstone. Yeah, I was. So yeah. What, what was Tombstone like? What's it like being out there on a Western set? I, uh, You know, it, uh, short story, all these movies that I've ever done, mm-hmm. there's always something new that I'm learning. You're learning from everything you do, of course. Mm-hmm. And so Tombstone... I knew how to ride a horse, but I didn't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> like you're, like we're riding in Tombstone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are really at it, you know. And these these guys are big and tall and powerful and dangerous, and you're running and jumping over logs and and uh, you know running these horses through woods and, and just crazy stuff. So I I I I did that after the movie. Mm-hmm. For a little while. I gave it up. But the one thing that <laughs> stuck is that I've always enjoyed shooting 
So doing the movie, you're wearing a pistol on your on your waist, and it, this is a real gun, mm-hmm. and it's a real a single action, you know, pistol, and and we would go shoot every day. We'd practice every day mm-hmm. uh, of the three and a half months or so, and uh, after the movie is over, I, I I was driving home, and I got out of my car to go get gas, and and I and I reached to adjust my my holster, and it wasn't there. I absolutely felt naked. <laughs> I totally felt like, oh, something. This is not right, <laughs> you know. And and you get used to a certain a certain weight on your right. your waist and everything and all that stuff. So and so that being said, I still shoot. Mm-hmm. I go out shooting at least once a week. Still love doing it. It's such a great pastime. It's very relaxing and 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 uh, and yeah. You do like a tombstone, quick, like a quick draw thing, or are you just? I did that. Yeah, yeah I, I I can do that. And then a lot of the guys were learning the the twir- twirling and the spinning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we learned how to do that, but that's all showmanship stuff. I I learned how to. Well, I already knew how to shoot, so I learned to hone my skills and uh, my hand eye coordination stuff. So I shoot, and uh, even today I shoot from the hip. A lot of that I shoot from the hip with a nineteen eleven as well. Cool. Which is different type of uh, pistol and stuff, but it's fun. I I still do it. Yeah, I'm always hoping they'll make more westerns. You know, more and more. It seems like it's they have, they but they're sometimes. usually these uh, uh, B movies. Yeah, and but they're still great. You know, B movies. I'm not knocking B movies. They're mm-hmm. great, and they're like movies that you know uh, that are not going to probably make tons and tons of money in the in the in the uh, theaters. Mm-hmm. And many of them come out on. Uh, uh, a, um, aging myself videotape no they come out. <laughs> yeah. I, have a, I have a VCR in the garage man I yeah, got, yeah. it's a time warp out there I've got cliffhanger on VHS in the garage um, that what? answered your question didn't yeah. it not <laughs> <laughs> do you want to direct some more <laughs> no no oh hell no one uh, and done too much work did you enjoy it at all no come on did not I like I like telling people what to do that was okay but I, I didn't I you know it's just too much work dude it's too much work <laughs> it's 24/7 for 3 4 months or more it, it's just really it's tough yeah yeah You're not I, able I'm, to get in I'm there and much cut up. more into getting my job done and then moving on mm-hmm. you know and, uh, Go out to your waiting pool and yeah, it's just call a, it a day. It's a tough, it's a tough gig. <laughs> Directing is a tough job. I I, I look up to and uh, very um, amazed at the guys that and the gals that are into it and they do it well. So what made you take the plunge on that to begin with? Like a friend asked me if I'd do it, mm-hmm. you know, and I said yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And that was a mistake. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> Well, at least you learned that lesson. That oh, I learned that lesson anymore. on a little independent thing that didn't cost a lot of money, and you know, and uh, it, but just wow, you know. I'm into my work. I, I I take it home with me and study. I do all that stuff when I'm working as an actor. But boy, that's just like it's really daunting. Yeah. Being a director, you got to be in a headspace for a You've long time. You've got to be. Uh, yeah, James Gunn is a perfect director. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I, I met a lot of great directors, and I've worked with a lot of great directors, and they, you know, I, I look up to them. They're very amazing, and pretty damn cool. 
What do you have on your to-do list that you really want to do in your career? Is there anything? Acting. I'm, I'm an actor. Acting. I just like doing what I do. And I, I you know. Um, Any directors you want to work with? Uh, the good ones. Able? I want to work with the good ones. That's a good answer. Give me something more specific. Nothing more specific. I'll work with the good ones. That's all. And then I'll work with the good ones that I've worked with before as well. You guys, are you hearing this? <laughs> Is this thing on? Yeah. Other than James Gunn, I'll work with James Gunn again too. If I have to. And then I just wanted to close by talking about Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, which is a very unique, uh, just kind of first movie for yeah. somebody. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a unique opportunity. That you, I don't really think you see that kind of thing anymore. And it was a, such a unique movie in and of itself. It took it a while before anyone would re- release it. Yeah. But uh, and it was a re- unique relationship. Me and uh, McNaughton. You know, mm-hmm. he he got me, and 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 he was very good at at. Um, He's a very subtle director. Mm-hmm. So we'd come up, we'd talk, he'd, we'd whisper to each other and stuff mm-hmm. and go back in and do the scene, you know. James Gunn's completely opposite. <laughs> but we still hit it off. And he's like, hey, Rooker, act harder. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> and you know what that means. I know exactly what it means. <laughs> it's a shorthand probably. I, right it's a short, we have a lot of sh- We have shorthands. <laughs> me, and, me, and, me and Gunn, we, we shorthand everything. And... Uh, and yeah, and but back to McNaughton. Uh, as a matter of fact, him and I are teaming up together again. We're oh, yeah? we're working on and developing um, a project called "A Good Man Is Hard to Find." Flannery O'Connor short oh, story. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, that's look forward be, to that. That's going to be uh, beautiful. He's had an interesting career, you know, just along the way. I think he directed John uh, an episode of John from Cincinnati, which was. This David mm-hmm. Meltz show that I kind of liked that just went away immediately. And always been wondering if he would uh, come back with something. So yeah, we we you know we got together our friend down and uh, well my friend at first Ed Richardson he he's co-owner of the Atlanta Metro Studios. Mm-hmm. Him and his pals got together three of them. Uh, one of them was Rooker, by the way. Uh, I don't know if we're related or not. We may be <laughs> way back. In the, in our histories, but uh, he's a construction guy, and they own the property, and so they got together and they they built the studio. It's, it's now it's got the first, the number one and number two largest sound stages in the U.S. right now, and it's a beautiful uh, facility. And there, and he had the rights to a good man is hard to find, and um, and he's had him he's had him for a while, and so we. we we're now in the position of uh, financing it, getting it together, and, and and we were talking and we were thinking, yeah. That's awesome. You know, this would be a good combo, me and McNaughton again. So, And that industry is really blowing up in Georgia, man. It's like, like I said, I'm from North Carolina, and we got rid of all of our incentives, and all mm. the work goes down there. And Work's gone now. Yeah. Well, Wilmington used to be the booming. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, south central, south eastern uh, hub. Yeah, and um, now now it's Atlanta. I mean, it's Georgia. We can thank our interesting legislature in North Carolina for that, I guess. Mm. But anyway, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. It's out now. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you've seen it, go see it again. See it again. <laughs> see it again and again and again. Michael Rooker, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.